Hey, man. What up, Donald? Not a, not a brother, man. I don't know about you, but I have been researching the shit out of this one, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's 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 bringing back a lot of stuff. I mean, from the '90s, you know, early '90s, '93. It was this was big time news, man. Back yeah. then, you know, uh, the hey. Waco, Texas massacre. It was definitely uh, something we talked about a lot. And I thought it was cool to be able to look through like my adult eyes versus my child eyes that I was as it was happening because you know I had a different mindset and different thought process there and now I'm looking as an adult and I can think through things a little bit differently so I can't wait to get in this one brother yeah man absolutely me too uh like I said it was something that resonated a lot um and like you said too man it is it is kind of crazy to think about it how it is now versus when you were a kid you know and when you were younger in in the way you could kind of sit back research it versus kind of what was you know put in front of you and stuff like that yeah hey what's going on ryan hola so why don't i why don't i go and paint the picture for a lot of the people that don't know about the waco massacre right so this was uh a, a gentleman named David uh, Koresh, right? And uh, he was a typical cult um, leader. He convinced people that he was uh, the the new Messiah. He was Jesus. And uh, he had this huge camp. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, head what it was called, but uh, there was a shit ton of people living there. Husbands, wives, kids, um, fathers old enough to where their kids were married and all were still living there. As a matter of fact, the the day they got caught was because of that scenario, right? Or not caught, but the reason why things went so bad was because of that situation right there. And we'll, and we'll get into it. But uh, they, uh, they believed at least David did. And he had all the followers believing that there was going to be this huge fight, right? Uh, similar to, um, um, Manson, Charles Manson, you know, he believed there was going to be this big fight, right? Well, the only difference was, was he believed it was going to be with them and against the government and they were going to die. The government was going to win and everybody in that camp was going to go up to heaven and then they would come back down as like avenging angels and cleanse earth. And that's what his, his beliefs were, right? That he was going to be this Messiah to return and, and take over earth and, and just cleanse it from all the evil. And he had everybody believed, and he was almost correct, you know? So, ends up um what all started this and and then we'll get into it so i'll give you the beginning and then then we'll get into what happened the the beginning what started all this was a ups driver delivered a package and when he sat the package down a grenade rolled out of the uh the box so he notified the police the police had been watching them for a while for other crimes um 
and could not get them on anything, so they notified the ATF. On the day that the ATF was going to um, attack, two news reporters got the the insight that they, it was going to happen. So they were driving down, but they couldn't find the camp. They seen a mail truck coming down the road. They stopped the mail truck and asked them for directions to where it was at. And he said he told them where it was at. And then he said, why? What's going on? He said, oh, the uh, ATF's about to invade. We're, we're news reporters. We want to get the story. Well, he was the father who lived there of a daughter that was married to another gentleman who also stayed there, who he had grandkids. I mean, we're talking about generational living in this, this camp now. So what did he do? He notified David, and they all got up and ready. So we'll dig into the conspiracy part of this now. So what is what is your take on it, Brian? Well, you know, I do see that, you know, obviously the government had an issue with the compound in general. I mean, yeah. that it even existed, right? And I can, you know, I think you can definitely confirm <laughs> that the compound had a lot of ammunition and big time firearms, right? Yeah. Enough to where they were able to push off the FBI and to where they even had a retreat and kind of call a truce. That's when they had a second, like come up with like a plan B and that's when, you know, the whole tanks and stuff got involved. Yeah. Um, they had before we get, times. heck yeah. And before we get too deep into it, we'll talk to, here's a little bit about the Waco situation to give you guys a little bit more of a preface and then we'll kind of go through a timeline as well to uh, help everybody kind of refresh their memory As you can see, man, the ATF, you know, was heavily involved there. Oh, they yeah. weren't they weren't liking all the firearms uh, and stuff like that. And you know, you think they were trying to get weapons off the street and stuff like that. I mean, that compound alone basically was a small a small armory. You know, it, 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 like I said, man, it was to the point where they had to bring in the big dogs. So. You know, the other thing, too, that, that they don't talk a whole lot about, right, is up to that point, before they went there, they already knew down to how much ammo, how much of everything that was going on in there because they had a undercover that was in the, in, in the building. So he was feeding them information of, of what was going on. And... uh when the when the fighting took off, he came out of the building to be 
to get to get out of there, you know. And uh, but but they already knew. They knew before they even got into it. And they knew that their 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 gig was up because the undercover agent said, "Hey, David already knows y'all are coming." So the 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 ultimates of the 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 premises of surprise was gone. Oh yeah, no, they were ready. They were definitely ready for them. Um, the amount of gunfire exchange, you know, because I definitely went through and watched documentaries and and things like that a lot on YouTube. Um, but the amount of firing back and forth, and I mean, they they definitely had to be fortified inside there to oh, take yeah. as many rounds as they were able to take and stuff like that. I mean, there's just no way that they weren't fortified in there. Um, let's kind of go through a timeline so we can get ourselves freshened up better and kind of see how it all transpired from start to finish. Here we go. reading that dude massacre is the only way that you can put that yeah no kidding i mean there's just no way to express it you know pregnant women children i mean you know it, it the range range was all over the place uh in terms of people that died it, it, it was a major massacre and you know you gotta start to wonder at some point in time i mean the standoff started in february ended in april that's a hell of a long time and some of the tactics that were used is they even were using loudspeakers to the point because the way the FBI viewed it is, hey, if we're going to be uncomfortable and we're going to be up all late at night, you guys aren't going to be comfortable in there sleeping. Yep. So they went and just got these speakers and just put unbearable noise and sound right onto the compound, right in, just right into all their windows, everywhere they can get loudspeakers so there was different tactics used you know you got to start to wonder the how loyal these people had to be you know i mean you do see that there was people released at, at, throughout time um he did release some of them so but, uh, there's a hell of a lot of them 
that went down and 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 they fought all the way down to the end you know yeah. what i mean and uh so the the amount of loyalty that he was able to gain is 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 in you know it's crazy that is crazy how he was able to have people literally fight to their death for whatever he had them you know believing and and they had him they had them uh convinced enough to go die for the cause yeah i mean so so let's let's talk about let me first talk about what i found weird that the government did you know um one they they got the um they they ended negotiations after the negotiator got him to release some people because they told the negotiator it wasn't enough all right that was after they had destroyed his car drove over his fucking el camino and destroyed a bunch of other people's cars right so on top of that when have you ever seen the government allow somebody to go into allow a civilian to go into a hostage situation to talk to the person? I've never seen that. They allowed David Koresh's lawyer to go in and talk to him. And it did no good. Um, I believe he actually went twice. And 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 the one thing that he said is the one thing that he remembered from the walk up was all he heard was ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. There was so many rounds on the ground that every step he was stepping on brass everywhere he went. So I found that odd that they, the government would one stop negotiations after they got what they asked for. They got a release of people. They, had tanks on ground from the beginning you know when when had have we ever seen the national guard called into a hostage have you ever seen the national guard called into an active shooter situation you know it just it doesn't happen they don't call the national guard in to deal with law enforcement matters, but they did that day. Right. So those things I found weird, right now let's get into a, a, one other thing that I thought was really odd. Just like you said, how much power do you got to have over somebody's mind to get them to fight to the death? Right. There's one thing from this story and in everything that I, I read that I never found. They never talked about drug use, right? Manson had a huge amount of control over his people, but they were all also doing acid and all sorts of other drugs, right? He used manipulation, blackmail, drugs, the whole nine yards to, to gain control, right? So a lot of them wasn't necessarily so much loyal to him as much as Hey, this is a great dude. Lots of fun. There's drugs here. It's a party, you know, orgies going on, so forth, yada, yada, yada. But they don't talk about, there's no drug seizure. There's no, there's no talk of them going after drugs. So if they're not, if there's no drugs in this, how did they get control? How did he get control of so many people? 
and you know the other part that's the that yet a question is is how was he so i mean based on the documentaries and i have seen the live footage of this dude this dude and heard footage of this dude but the guy took around to the to the adam his you know gut area he said something about his um his uh something oh his uh Gosh dang, he said something shattered, his pelvic bones shattered. Yeah. And and um he took one through his hand or something. He's just sitting there talking to the negotiators, man, like like he's he's not panicking. No, nope. he's not he in no distress. Um, still ripping off scriptures to to the guys. Um, it's just crazy to me to think that how how he was so like able to manage that through no kind of drugs yeah. or anything of the such. So it is kind of crazy. And like you said, you know, and, and I don't know if it's back then that there wasn't as much access to education on things and things like that. So, yeah, you know, there's not so much as way to be aware of a lot of things. So maybe it was easier to fall in line to a cult or, uh, to people that just sound like they're giving you a good life. You know, here, you know, David Crash comes in, can play guitar, he sings, you know, he's he's knows the Bible and he's you know Well he let's face it, he's very he's very, he's very charismatic. Right. No, absolutely. So it was not, you know, hell i listening to him talk i liked him i was like yeah man this uh, this dude's pretty he's just so laid back and friendly and you know didn't have a care in the world you know right talking about the end of their life and he's just talking like you know what he did last night you know yeah like, and, and and dude while <laughs> while he's on the th the phone with the negotiator you hear bah, 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 just like i mean it, it fucking sounds like a war zone going on in the background he's just sitting there just ripping off the scriptures and and talking like i mean like, like cool calm and collected and he's just like you guys need to stop firing we got children in here we got you know yeah he just keeps telling them time and time again hey listen we got kids in here obviously they weren't being able to uh do it so um nope i have never been to israel <laughs> no but uh yeah man it's uh it is a crazy story and you got to think at what level was it that they just felt threatened by the guy you know the government the uh, the surrounding community um I, and to that point that they were just like well we're going to demolish it i i think so the 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 state attorney there was some conspiracy that she was like given a video of him saying, after I finish my, my book, I, we will all come out peacefully. Right. She denies that that video footage was ever given to her. Okay. There is some belief that she was looking really shitty it was an election year 
because this had gone on for like at this point like eight weeks mm. and the more that the people listened and watched the more they were starting to side with the davidians you know so they were losing the the public um support and they were losing face you yeah. know and and i just asked myself how desperate do you have to be to to tell somebody to take an 88 uh, a damn for you guys that don't know that's a, a that's a track recovery vehicle and tell them to to ram the crane into the side of the damn building i mean that makes no damn sense and then, it, and then they proceed to say that they didn't, you know, ignite or start any kind of fires, you know, which somebody did. Yeah. Like, and I mean, uh, you know, you got to ask yourself, I mean, yeah. Did they set the fire? No, maybe not. they like, they didn't go over there with a lighter and just, you know, start, you know, um, boom, you know, but tear gas, smoke all that stuff creates ignites. I mean, and not only that, but back in a good old tank and uh who know what you hit when you backed in, but they definitely created the fire. There's no doubt. So let me ask you this. How come the fire department was never called after the fire started? There was fire trucks there. They didn't let them come in. They, they said that they were afraid that with all the ammunition and explosives that was in the building, that it would get the fire department hurt and explode. But they weren't worried about shooting and ramming a building full of explosives and ammunition. It's, it's clear as day, dude. They had no intentions on saving anybody inside there besides the, the, they didn't have any intentions on saving anybody that decided to hunker down in there. Like, you know, it kind of was like, oh, you're going to hunker down? Well, watch this. Yep. You know, we're about to blow your shit up. You know, and, and I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about some things that transpired right after it all uh, to kind of keep going down a little bit of the, the time lapse. But here we go. Like, uh, after April 19th, when the compound burns to the ground after FBI agents and the armored vehicle smashed the buildings and pump and tear gas. April 23rd, four days later, President Clinton defends government handling of Branch Davidian case, but promises a full investigation. <laughs> Two days later, April 25th, first body in the rubble identified as Koresh's brother-in-law, David Michael Jones. Then on the 29th, Texas, this is April 29th, 1993, Texas Department of Public Safety says the hunt for bodies has ended with 72 recovered. On May 2nd, Justice of Peace David Pereira announces that dental records and x-rays confirm that Koresh's body was found with a gunshot wound to the forehead. The gunshot wound to the forehead... It's something I don't think I ever knew, you know what I mean? Obviously, because when we were kids, I think that, at least for me, when I was, you know, at the time that this came through, 
I think once the thing was over, that it, it, the story was over, you know, for us. Um, to find out these, some of these things later, like the gunshot wound to the forehead, makes you wonder, you know, when the place burnt down and everybody burnt and died with it. Um, there was never any reports of him getting shot in the head. So it was either while they're ramming the tank in the building, they're still just, bruh, 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 and they ended eventually, you know, making their, their shot. Or with the tank busting in, they might have had a sniper on point, and they already knew exactly where David was, and that was kind of the whole thing that's what we're going to do is simultaneously we'll bust it down and uh, shoot, aim some shots in there. And um, maybe make sure that the guy doesn't make it out alive. <laughs> so there was a ATF agent. Uh, I seen an interview from him. After that tank busted in, he went in behind that door and went in. Right. He made it into the first room. And uh, when he came in, he, I think he said to his left, there was a long hallway that went down. And he took some rounds, and uh, I don't remember where he got hit. He he got hit, and when he went down, he returned fire and killed the dude instantly. Right, the dude instantly dropped. There was other people there, and he ended up getting back out of the building and crawled because he thought he was going to die. Um, he was he was hurt pretty bad, and. Uh, so there was somebody in there that was returning fire. Okay. So I don't think he could have shot David Crush because that timeline is before the last time we hear from David Crush. Right. There's still talks happening between the the FBI and David Crush. And David Crush even called his mom. Yeah. And told her basically, Mom, I'm, I'm gonna die. Um, I don't know. I think that he just left. The, I don't know if he actually actually talked to her or not. I don't remember, or if it was uh, that he left a voice message on an answer machine for her. Uh, but either way, I do know that he reached out to his mom. He felt. I mean, he was shot pretty early in the game. You know, pretty pretty early in the sh the gunshot. I think it was shot day one or day two, right in the first, like the beginning of the sh the shooting. Yeah. Um. So he was injured for shoot almost two months at that point in time. By the 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 time they decided to to ram it down and just you say, know, screw it. There was another uh, person in there named David. Um, they, he was being interviewed too, and uh, he was definitely pro david crush what's going on eric um what up brother? He, uh, he was all about david crush right well they asked him about the fire and he said i did not see anybody in here start a fire he said they started the fire trying to burn us out and then they asked um this um ATF agent dude up to that point, that interview with him had been real. Like he just was telling a story. As soon as he said that, that dude got fucking aggressive. He's a liar. You know? And I was like, Oh, that touched took the defense, took the yep. defense on it. Yeah. 
Dude, I'm telling you, I honestly do believe the government started that fire. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, if if nothing else, the tear gas alone, when they're throwing a whole bunch of it in there, uh, all that stuff. I mean, there's just so many things that could have ignited the fire. And for them to just sit there and act like, yeah, we had nothing to do with it is, is just pure. I mean, that kind of makes them look a little foolish, you know, and that's the part where you start to question it. And, and the other part about it is, is you got to look back at it and with the sketchy amount of media back then, and there, there wasn't, it was a lot harder to get information out to the, the large portion and whatever they wanted to control that could control easily in terms of what information they want out there. Yeah. And, and at any point in time, um, I think anything can be put out in a way that they want it to be put out. So let, let's let's play devil's advocate, right? And yeah. and kind of just paint this picture. So you're you're an innocent bystander, and you're hearing the stories, right? So let's say he didn't die; he's in court, and you're the judge, okay? And you're getting the testimony from ATF agents. And then you're getting the testimony from a guy that had all these weapons, supposedly was having sex with everybody from the kids all the way up, who also thought he was Jesus Christ. I mean, whose story are you probably likely to believe? I don't think the government really had to try very hard. They just had to just say, he's fucking nuts. Well, they capitalized on that part, right? You know, and he made that part easy for him, especially back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, and him having the arsenal that he had just played into it all. They were able to use their narrative in the way that they wanted to and, and all that, because first and foremost, they had illegal weapons there and, 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 and a lot of them. Yeah. And and obviously, like you said, how does it get discovered? A fucking grenade rolls right out. You know what I mean? Out of a package. You know, like yes, I mean that's ballsy. Let me ship my grenades uh, via UPS. Well, and that's probably why the fucking shit takes so long to get to us now and to go through everybody's stuff is because they used to get nades in there, bro. <laughs> I mean, damn. You know, like that's some crazy ass shit. Think I, about it. And, 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 and like. I mean, fuck, bro. Like, the worst case scenario, you know, you're getting your old package, like, all right, you know, and then, oh, shit, what the hell? Nate falls out, like, oh, shit. Imagine being the delivery guy, too, and that, and that motherfucker rolls out in your truck. You know, yeah. you just you just see a Nate, like, do, 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 do. Yeah. oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I never thought of this. I don't know why I never thought of this. Wait, hold on. Hold up. Okay. Or was that sent by someone else to get them onto that property? Ooh. You know what I mean? What if that whole thing was a setup to begin with so they could get their ass onto the compound? Like, oh, hey, that's weird. They fucking got that in the mail. You know, like, that's what led us on. Yeah, maybe. I never thought about that. That's 
But here's the here's the other thing, right? Here's the other part that's so fucking weird. The there's no talk, there's no proof, anyways, uh, you know, of of any any of these sex crimes that they talked about with him. There's no talk of drugs, drug sales. There's no um, firearm convictions, like you know, shooting guns illegally, robbing banks, robbery, theft. None of these. None of those people had any run-ins with the law. Right. So how were they getting the money for all this shit? None. Of, most of them didn't work. David Crash didn't work. Some of them did have jobs, you know. I think he used his ministry type of, you know, donations, take tithing, those type That's of things. Awesome. I think that maybe that could be one of the ways that he was able to get some of his money. Um, because Man. Yeah, you got to think about it, man. I mean, yeah, how how else are they going to be funded? And who was funding them? Yeah, what you if, know. And, and what if the what if what's just throw it into the fucking mix? What if the government was funding them to begin with, and it was just a yeah. whole thing to saturate the the market and get them like, okay, well, we'll take out this whole bunch of folks that are you know going to cause create problems. Or maybe he was supposed to do something and didn't. Or he did and he was going to expose somebody. And so they just came in and said, let's silence this. Well, that's a bigger question that you always got to ask in a lot of the things that go down. You know, why one individual gets an immense amount of you, don't tell me he's only David. There's he's only David Koresh in the world, you know. And there's not other crazy cults out there, but you know. Oh, there's been several, right? It, yeah, there's been several that have uh, surfaced, and I imagine there's still more out there. Absolutely. Yeah, you know I mean, because that's just the way it, it has been for you know years and years. Now they just got to a level of knowing it's not acceptable and how to work around things and get them navigate in a way that uh, it's not as seen as much. I don't think you, you know what I mean? Or it's being caught as much, but there's a lot of things out there like that, but why did he get all this so much attention? You know what I mean? And you, you, the part about it is, is I think that they just saw, wow, this guy's pulling hundreds, you know, this guy's he's and he's got a whole compound of folks. I mean, there was a lot of people there, bro. They found 70-something dead, and they had already released, you know, there's there was well over 100. Nine or 10 people that they released. At least, bare minimum, yeah. You know, because they were letting them out four, five, one, two, here, there. I mean, you know, the, the numbers kind of probably added up, but. And there was some that came out. So Already, this, you're right. When the ATF threw that tear gas in, they said that they expected a mass flood of people come running out and they thought it was going to be a like fight to the death that they were going to come out fighting and they were ready to have to return fire. Right. And so they threw the tear gas, nothing. They threw some more tear gas. They heard David crush say they're getting ready to gas us. Put on your masks. Right. 
And so they, they threw like several things of tear gas in there. And they even opened up some other areas with the other tank to get air going in. Right. And they were standing by the door waiting for all these people to come running out. And like less than five people came out. It was like five girls came out. Right. Well, from the sounds of it, man, it just, you know, it really starts to um, sound like how, you know, like I feel like he was, they were never really meant to hurt anybody outside. And the whole thing for them was to protect their community. I don't think their weapons were to like, hey, we're going to mount up and we're going to go start a convoy and we're going to go ambush you know, this city first, we're going to take over them and then just keep penetrating, moving on in. I don't think that was ever their intentions. You know, they obviously had their compound. People want to go there and live there. Um, and, and that's the problem. They became a threat for whatever reason to the government because they're like, holy shit, man, they got a lot of weaponry. We can't have them have more than us and we can't have them be more of a threat than, you know, ourselves. Yep. So I think that the more you kind of dive into the story as especially when you know you're you're fighting against gun control always you know and and everybody always wants to throw in gun control and this and that or the other what bigger picture than this like well look at these guys are cut they can uh you know uh sit there and arm a whole army over here in this compound yeah but what are they gonna do you know, what if they're there when some shit does hit the fan? Yeah. They're there. You would probably be happy to have that right next to your community. You know, but them some bitches ain't going to give a shit about no one else except their compound. You know, because everybody else around the community is like, oh, screw these guys. You know, I wonder something. So they called that that uh, Branch Davidson or something like that, right? Yeah. The Davidians. Yeah, Branch Davidian or something. Does that mean that they were one of multiple branches? Is there another, you know, that that just said, oh, fuck, we need to change the way we're doing things? You know, there's probably, it's probably not too far-fetched to think that there was a cookie cut of what he had going on and um, people that were in his compound because... Dude, that thing was, you know, had been there for a while. You know what I mean? It, and and they had enough time to prepare themselves. He had enough time to preach to people. He had enough time to build things up. Um, so it's not too far-fetched to think that there's people that were inside or under his umbrella and looked at him as, hey, I'm one of your disciples, so to speak. Because if he's the Messiah... Yeah. You know, now he's got all these disciples and these guys are going off and, and of course, you know, what are they going to say? Hey, look at us here after these burn the shit down out of, you know, there. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. So, you know, bro, I don't think that your thought is too, is a far-fetched thought by, by no means. So it, it got worldwide news. I mean, this made by, you know, it didn't start off that way, but it made major news right right to the point that in the documentary they have video footage of 
damn um the unabomber um oh, i lost his name timothy yeah. mcveigh timothy mcveigh selling bumper stickers outside the event you know he had these he had these uh second amendment and uh neo-nazi and and you know it had swastika bumper stickers and uh they talked to him uh you know the reporters and he was like you know the government's trying to take over and you know he was already anti-government at that point but but how weird is it that you had this major government takeover only for him to go and bomb a government area, you know? And what's not to say, though, that he was a radical of all that and, and, and wanted to make a point of his own, you know? And, uh, yeah, obviously, dude, he probably was a big Koresh fan because Koresh fought against the government and said, the death. you know, so and anybody that was anti-government or is anti-government would definitely idolize David Koresh. Cause dude, I ain't gonna lie, man. The motherfucker was a, I mean, he went down in the blaze of glory. Like, I mean, there's not a lot of people that would do that. There's a lot of people that cowered down. Imagine, I mean, hearing the fucking tanks just coming in and feeling the rumble from the son of a bitch is coming. I yeah. mean, the sounds too uh, from that place um would have left would have would, there's a lot of people that just could never have with withstood that even no, no. for a fucking five minutes man you know what yeah. i mean so and and like even with the heat i mean the the building is burning to the ground and one of the atf agents says you know right before the building collapsed i still remember hearing them shooting at us and you you know what you do see a lot of people that go down as cowards right yeah right i'm gonna be honest with you when you look at this guy, and I'm not, you know, I'm not glorifying him at all, but what I'm saying is, man, he sure as shit. He believed in his he talk. went, he walked his walk, he talked his talk, you know what I mean? And he didn't cower down all the way to the very, very end. You know, yeah. where obviously things were set ablaze and and dude took another last round to the dome. Um, but he was obviously set in in and somewhat manifested this whole thing to Absolutely. begin with, right? I mean, it kind of, but it obviously didn't manifest to his ending, no. but no. he did manifest a big fucking chaos and 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 you know havoc. And and it's weird how how the the things that played into it to bring his ending to fruition you know, some reporters that got lost stopping the one guy that lived there who warned them, you know, the one person that talked to the mailman was the only non-ATF person that knew that they were invading that day. And they got lost, talked to the mailman who lived there and called back and told David that they're coming. Right now, again, you know, I maybe there's some other stuff behind the scenes that didn't make the documentaries. You know, I, I can't vouch for the people that that made the documentaries, but to my knowledge, there's no 
place that David Koresh antagonized the government, daring them to come to, you know, because Manson's situation, you know, where he believed that um, the blacks and the whites were going to fight and the blacks were going to win. And he was supposed to be on the top of this mountain waiting so that he could lead the blacks because they couldn't lead themselves. Right. And, and he got all this from a Beatles song. You know, he believed that the Beatles was telling him that and it didn't happen. So he had to start that war by acting like black gangs going into Hollywood and murdering people, you know, but there's nothing like that. They don't talk about any of that type of stuff with, with David Crush. So no, it's, it's weird. he was more of an antagonist. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Versus what David Koresh was. Right. You know, David so Koresh it, wasn't antagonizing, you know, like, you know, there's a he definitely was not s- stepping down to him yeah. and cowering down to him and anything like that. Um, straight up said, hey, we'll fight to our death. You a, know a, what I mean? A different ATF um, scene commander instead of the one that was there that day would have changed this whole scenario too. You know, so the news reporter not getting lost would have changed it because they would have had the ultimate of surprise. Um, the person that gave them the directions not being that mailman, the different ATF commander that didn't tell the negotiator to stop negotiating, you know, and, and not just that, but they told him you got places to go anyways. He had some training that was coming up, so they told him to leave and put him on a flight and told him to, to go to his training. Right. After he got hostages, not hostages, but he got people out of there, you know, any of those steps change. And and we're, maybe we're not even doing this podcast. Oh, yeah. Man. And there was a lot of opportunities for it to stop. Yeah. I mean, there, uh, like I said, it started in February all the way through April. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that is a long stand down, man. And I know, I think I saw somewhere that that's one of the biggest American tragedies in, 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 you know, shootouts since the civil war, Yeah, you know? And and so to think about that, that's kind of crazy. And and like, you know, like we talked about earlier, the level of loyalty and the level of commitment. And, you know, obviously these dudes, you know, I, I never really did a lot of background on all the people that were in there. I'm I'm almost curious to see if there was some military veterans that ended up in that compound at some point in time and were fighting. But I mean, I I think I'm gonna look a little bit more into it and see in terms of the people because I'll tell you what, man, the way they fought, you know, they had a military manner to it, you know, and camp was set up strategically right yeah they had, they had a lookout tower yeah you know i mean they had a barrett 50 cal sniper rifle in that tower dude i mean the fbi in in the atf had to sit there and say hey stop shooting stop shooting we need to get our hurt out of here we need to get uh you know injured out i mean out. that's it's like to the level they're begging they're ba- they're begging them yeah they, yeah they're begging them, hey, please stop shooting because 
we got to get our hurt guys out of here. That's, I mean, that's how much damage these guys were creating. And, and I mean, obviously they, they kind of gave them that opportunity and, um, David, they knew David Koresh would feel he had, you know, he had, he had, um, humanity to himself. You know, he obviously did. He cared about people, uh, genuinely enough to where he was trying to house everybody and lead them on away. Um, but in that documentary, there was people of all races, right? No, I, yeah, absolutely. I've seen that in all ages. Yep. And like you said, generations of families, um, it, it became its own community it easily. Did. Right. And it self-sustained itself, you know, and that's where I think that another part of the government may have felt a, bit, a little bit of a threat and like, whoa. Are these guys are going to start operating how we are. No, we can't have this because then, you know, the next thing is, is going to be another one over here and another one over here. And before you know it, we're outnumbered. Yeah. We're already outnumbered, but we can't let them know that. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, dude, it was, it was really weird how, and, and not, like I said, not to glorify them, but no, what, right. But, but to, to also talk about how hard these guys were, you know, those two months was without power and without running water. Oh no. Yeah. They you shut know? them down completely. Yeah. They were trying to get them out any which way they could. And like I said, that's how many different measures were put in place. And that's how many different opportunities were there. You yeah. know, obviously, like I said, these people were so loyal that they were, they were willing to sacrifice their children, their livelihood, uh, you know, the, the, the chance to having running water and, and subject, subjecting themselves to absolutely crazy sounds, yeah. you know, they were playing music and all kinds of stuff. It was crazy. You should, I mean, I they don't know if you've that, seen that, but that was, that was crazy. They said for 24 hours, they got to listen to the busy signal from a uh, phone line. It was just nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'll be honest with you, man. Them motherfuckers might get me out by having I, something well, like that because I'm not good with repetitive sounds at all, man. Yeah. I'm like, you better give me every tissue or whatever. I'm running my ass out there and saying fucking hands up because they got me here with the noises. Yeah. The noises was, that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, to, yeah, to, to, to think. Fucking shining in their windows. And and I don't know that if that was a new tactic that they have tried, you know, or if that was a tactic they've always known, like, hey, they're they're all going through all their tactics through the handbook, you know, <laughs> over here, like going through the book, like, ah, chapter eight, fucking blow the music. <laughs> yep. Start the jam. Yeah, yeah, man, that's crazy. But they they even did some like seer school fucking tactics because some of those sounds was like babies crying and and rabbits being fucking killed and oh man they knew the noises and the the frequencies and yeah. all those kind of things so yeah i mean mind games are it, it's 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 hard you know so and for them to withhold that and and bear it they either found a way to get rid of the sounds and i i don't know it's just crazy i i like i said now it makes me want to dive even further into the rabbit hole and go look at some, because I do know there's survivors of this. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of them were kids and now they're growing up. I would love to hear their versions 
of kind of what, where their mindsets are today with it all. Yeah. And, you know, cause obviously when you're a kid, your mindset is going to be completely different and you are way more easy to influence. You know, I mean, we always want to believe in the adults that we follow or that we're around, right? Like when we're born with our parents, we want to hope we got the best, you know, set of parents you can get, you know, and not everyone's blessed with that. Right. I mean, you never know what you're going to get, but that's what I'm saying. Like, and a lot of these people are probably very lost. So they've, David Koresh himself made them feel whole and made them feel loved and, you know, brought that all to him, you know, serenading him with his songs and his long hair and stuff like, you know, and, and, and he made all of them go to church. They all had to come, you know, it was like, I don't know, it was was some weird, like five hours a day was dedicated to prayer, you know, and they all had jobs on the, the, the community you know they all had their their role that they played you know so yeah i mean it does you know um it does sound like you know too with a polygamy portion of it all and and things of that nature that you know he and, and i don't even know the polygamy yeah. part so much if that was more of you know the government betray to it or if that's legit was going down because some of that stuff i think is very spotty in terms of the 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 reports and things that you'll see from that i i don't necessarily believe in the the child part of it right where they said that he was having sex with children right and i and i definitely would hope and and my mind likes to think that yeah Hopefully yeah. not. And I mean, I could see him having multiple wives, you know, ones that aren't married to other men that are there. You know, I don't see him like saying, Hey, I'm sleeping with your wife tonight. But see, you know, the, the, the flip side of it all is the government already had enough with just the weapons alone, the cachet of weapons that they had there in ammo to nail these guys down. They didn't really need the child stuff, all that kind of those, the, you know, the polygamy, the um, pedophilia stuff, all those kind of things. They didn't really need to pin all that extra on them. So, you know, it's hard to say, did, was that part of the narrative or was that part of someone's story? And that's what, you know, uh, just added on to the list of things. If they had an undercover agent in there that seen him fucking children, I promise you that would have been, I mean, what better way to get the public on your side? Right. You know? And, and so why wouldn't those charges be brought up? You know, no, I, no, I know they would, it, you know, the, the parents of those children, what you know why weren't they brought up on like child endangerment you know pornography or whatever for allowing it to happen i mean there has to be a charge of you know just because you're not the one sticking it doesn't mean you know if i hand off my kid to somebody that's gonna stick it then absolutely i should be held fucking just as liable i i'm contributing to it you know, I definitely feel like there could easily be a part two to this story, and it's kind of the aftermath. 
Yeah. You know, where's everybody at now? All the survivors and kind of get that spill and get those stories, hear it from the, the, the horse's mouth, so to speak. Yeah. Well, um, get it on the books, man. Yeah. I think we're definitely going to have to retravel down this hole and kind of get more of what the perspective is now from a different, you know, what is it? We're at damn 30, 30 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Just, <laughs> just, just this mark 30 years this year. As a matter of fact, that was, isn't that kind of crazy? We did it on the 30 year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, man. Not even meaning it, you know? No, not at all. Not so, at all. So what are, it's your turn now, man. What are, what are you thinking for next? Week? I know, man. So next Friday, we got to take off. I got to do uh, my nephew's football game. I've been, okay. they're always on a Friday. So I've already, this one I have to go. So next Friday, we're going to go ahead, take a breather. But uh, when we come back, there's a couple things kind of going through my head. One of them is kind of the whole fire in Maui thing is is it it's really heavy out there right now so it might be something good to kind of go down the path um i think that that's one that's still kind of gonna play out as as time goes on um but it is one of those ones i think that a lot of people would probably like to hear a little bit about it because there's a lot of back uh, like after stuff i mean i are you familiar with the whole lahaina fire and stuff like that Yep, I've been following it, the Fox News version. So I don't know if there's, you know, if you go to ABC or CNN, if you're getting a different version. But definitely the- go to YouTube and uh, you just, you know, in the search bar, put in the Maui fire and you're definitely going to get more of the boots on the ground inside stuff from even the actual people who live there. There's even town hall meetings about stuff. I mean, there's just a, there's so much out there when it comes to this whole thing. So I think it's a, it's going to be a good topic. Yeah, I agree, man. And, and I think, I think we're going to find out that, uh, the same thing that's happened there is, is happened in a lot of places like the Ohio fucking crash where the government has just completely fucking said, "Mm, fuck y'all. Well, they're starting to say that these big fires and stuff are starting to happen throughout the country and they're deeming them as, you know, like they're completely the land's lost because of complete fire or devastation. Supposedly these are, they're trying to make smart cities. And, and that's kind of one of the big things about it right now. If you look into these smart cities, start looking yeah, Google the smart city thing and, it's a whole thing that kind of plays into the rabbit hole. Okay. But uh, definitely look into smart cities. Like I said, that's one of the conspiracies I've heard from the whole fire is that's one of the things is it's part of them trying to develop the smart cities and rich actors and actresses are buying out land and stuff like that. Imagine how cheap it would be to buy land from a town that had been leveled. Right. And you know, and that's, that's the part that makes you wonder, man. And, um, there's also like, I'm not going to get too deep into it because then we'll get into the next, the next show, but 
on hour two. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's definitely a couple things, and you know I like to do the video, so I got a whole bunch of things already I've been saving up. And if you guys haven't had the chance to go over and uh, join us on our Facebook page, go join us over there, Conspiracy Fridays. I uh, definitely try to post all different kind of conspiracies on there. Anything I find, try to put it there so you guys can go check it out. Whether it's real, not real, um, as soon as I feel like it's a conspiracy, I put it right there in that Facebook group. So it's kind of a fun place to go check out all the different things that are out there because there's a lot of a lot of rabbit holes. Absolutely, man. But uh, all right, Donald, you got anything else, man, before we head out? No, man, I'm going to I'm going to spend the rest of the night setting up the new computer and uh, and uh, everything else, brother. So this has been fun, man. I've been looking forward to this today. Oh, yeah, me too, man. And, you know, this show kind of makes you do a little bit of homework, you know, and has to make you go back and, and refresh your mind. So I like that part about it. And, man, I couldn't believe how much information's out there and documentaries are out there especially yeah. on the YouTube side, you can definitely get lost in it. So, um, yep. yeah, man. So, uh, start getting yourself freshened up with the whole Lahaina fire and stuff like that. Cause Hello, brother. we got a couple, we got about a two weeks before, uh, we'll be doing that. So we got a little bit of time to, uh, think about it, but, uh, all right, brother. All right, this man. This was a good one. All right, man. Yeah. Until next time, everybody. <laughs>